ادب نمبر ادب ستائیس صادق سے اگر کسی پیر بھائی کی بے ادبی ہو جائے تو اس پر حق ہے کہ وہ آجزوں اور زلیلوں کی شکل بنا کر معافی مانگے مثلاً اپنا سر ننگا کرے یا جوتوں کے پاس کھڑا رہے ہر پیر بائے مرشد کی نشانی ہوتا ہے اس کی بے ادبی کسی طرح درست نہیں ادب نمبر ٹوینٹی سیون اف اے ٹریولر آن دس پیتھ دیکرن then it befits him that he should adopt the manner and posture of the humble or those who are disgraced and humiliated and seek the forgiveness of his fellow. For example, if he's a man, he should become bareheaded, means take his turban off or take his topi off, or he should wait and stand by the shoes Every fellow seeker, seeker represents or is, represents their sheikh and therefore there is no way that their lack of adab can ever be correct. There is no way their violation of adab can ever be correct. The first thing here is that if a person ever betrayed an other, so we've done so far that what you cannot break relations for more than three days, you should not harbor ill feelings in your heart, you may say, be the first to say salam, you should say salam after three days. All of these things have come in different ahadith and different adab that we've done. Now here what do we have? What we have is that a person should go and seek the forgiveness of their fellow. How should they do that? They should show up ajzo or zalilo. Ajz means that they should present themselves at the lowest of the low, the lowliest of the low. And zalil means that they should present themselves in a way that they're humiliated and disgraced. And one way is that they take their turban off. This was a classical way in the history of the Sawuf. So they should appear before their fellow in a state of Humiliation or disgrace means that this is done, number one, to win over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to win over their fellow and to show that they are truly penitent and truly remorseful and truly repentant and they truly want that person to forgive them and they want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them. So this is something, for example, Sayyidina Abu Dhabar radiallahu ta'ala anhu When he tied himself to the pillar, he was putting himself in a position where he wanted to humiliate himself or lower himself so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would forgive him. So this is a sunnah that many sahaba had and later on generations people continued that especially in the tradition of the sawaf. This is to be contrasted with a very superficial way of saying sorry to one another or a very superficial, insincere, divayati way of asking forgiveness for one another. So to break that trend, this is another reason why the early Mashaikh had mentioned such a method of adab. 
And similarly, we have seen that not just asking forgiveness for one's fellows, but even people have done this when trying to ask the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That they would take off their turban, or they would rub their cheeks in the mud or the ground. They would try to abase themselves in some manner to show that they were humbling themselves in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if two people have hasad or bughuz or ghil for one another and or any of those feelings or any violation of the adab that were mentioned or any violation of any of the adab that are mentioned in the hadith of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallam, it means they have to get the forgiveness of one another. And this is one way that it is very potent or powerful way that maybe not everybody is able to do but it is a very successful way to get the forgiveness of one another other number of ties Agarsalik say iska koi phir bai maafi mange to usse chahiye ke maaf kar de Tirmizi Shif ki rivayat hai man atau akhuhu muttasilam min zanmin فَلَيَّقْبَلْ ذَلِكَ مُحِكٌّ كَانَ أُمُبْتِلًا فَإِن لَمْ يَقْبَلْ لَمْ يَرِدِ الْحَوْضِ جس شخص کے پاس اس کا بھائی کسی گناہ کی معافی مانگنے کے لئے آئے تو چاہیے کہ بھائی کا عذر قبول کرے وہ بھائی سچا ہو یا جھوٹا اگر عذر قبول نہ کیا تو پھر میرے حوض پر نہ آئے Sayyidina Rasulullah, number 28, if a traveler on the path and the seeker of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes to one of their fellows, man goes to a fellow brother, woman goes to a fellow sister, and asks them for forgiveness, so then the one being asked for forgiven, they should forgive them. Imam al-Tirmidhi has narrated a hadith, an authentic hadith in his jami' that whomsoever comes to their fellow uh, after committing some wrong and seeking their forgiveness then their fellow should fellow believer should accept their uh, request for forgiveness whether they're sincere or whether they're insincere whether they were truly innocent or whether they were truly guilty whether they are truly seeking forgiveness or they are just apparently seeking forgiveness either way they should accept the person's forgiveness because if they don't accept that person's forgiveness then Sayyidina said that they should not show up at my hold means at the hold of Gothar they should not come to me at the hold of Gothar on the day of judgment so this is a very powerful hadith. And what does it mean that whenever anyone asks somebody for forgiveness, we have to forgive them. Even if our heart doesn't want to, even if our mind doesn't want to, even if every drop of that person seems if they're totally insincere, even if mubtila, I mean the Prophet is using this word on batil, they're doing ibtal, they're making a mockery 
even if vilkul you say upper upper semafkarne, even if they're outwardly, and it's not an excuse on our side, we should never want to be muktila. On our side, we should never ask forgiveness in such a way. That was the purpose of the previous adab. Never to be insincere and in disingenuous and when asking forgiveness, right? But to rather make oneself the leel and ajas. But if on the other side, somebody comes to us and asks for forgiveness in such a way that you can tell they're not sincere. Mohikto, obviously, if they are sincere, then you have to definitely forgive them. If they come to you, mohik would mean like the previous adab, that they come to you as if they're ajiz and zaleel, then you should definitely forgive them. But the real showing in this hadith is if they come to you, mubdila, if they come to you as a fake, completely insincere. And you can see right through it, even then you should forgive them, not superficially, you have to forgive them from the bottom of your heart. Otherwise, Sayyidina Rasulullah said that you should not expect anything from him. On the health. What does that mean? That means how many of us can think that when we approach Sayyidina Rasulullah, he saw some on the day of judgment, we will be muhik, we will be muftala, we will be fake ummati, nakli ummati, insincere ummati, disingenuous ummati, right? We are muftil. And if we want Rahmatul Alameen to accept this muftil, then we should accept any muftil that comes in front of us. So this. Same even one can say, although the hadith isn't saying that, but same one can say in our relationship with Allah SWT. Tawbah to nasuh is one thing, sincere tawbah. And part of that, that as a whole, and we've explained that too many times, but part of tawbah to nasuh means a person never ever returns to that sin. And we are repeat offenders. We return to that sin. We repeat that sin. We will go right back to that sin. So it means we don't do tawbah to nasuh. So we do insincere tawbah. We are muktil when it comes to our tawbah. But still we want Allah Ta'ala to accept it. We have no other hope except that Allah Ta'ala accepts that insincere tawbah. So if we want Allah SWT to accept our insincere tawbah, we want Sayyidina Rasulullah to accept us as his ummati despite our insincere efforts. So that means we're going to have to accept even the insincere one who asks us for forgiveness. So this is a very strong adab in these two adab together. If a person was to follow these two adab, then there's no way anything could remain in anyone's heart. There's no way anyone would remain unforgiven. There was no way anyone would have envy, have spite, have malice, have hatred. There's no way anybody would say, oh, I can forgive, but I can't forget. There's no way anybody would say, oh, I'm not able to forgive. I don't know what's the matter with me. There's no way anybody would be able to say that, oh, I can't look at that person. There's no way anybody would say, oh, I can't stand to be in the company of that person. That will all be finished with these two adab. And that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants, right? The emphasis in our deen on salah, what you call sila rahmi, on salah, on husni, on, on having virtuous and good relations with one another, harmonious relations with one another, is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants, that's what Allah said in Quran, Al-Mu'minun, that the believers are ikhwa, are brethren to one another. And Allah ta'ala wants that bond of brotherhood to be there. And yes, maybe there are many Muslims who don't follow these teachings of deen, many Muslims who don't have this adab, there may be many in our own circle who don't have that. But this is also showing that one aspect of the sawf and saluk isn't just to your own dhikr, 
and do your own raqabah and get your own qurb with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A large part of the sof and suluk classically and now should be as well to fix one's person's adab and akhlaq. And when you see the level of it, it's very deep adab and akhlaq. Very deep tarbiyya, very deep ta'deeb, very deep mm, training in this mm, system of adab. So may Allah Taala enable all those who harbor anything against anyone in their heart to learn to forgive them truly. I think in this day and age too quickly people come to this conclusion that okay we will just live and let live. It means they just talaq. They go for talaq bind. They go for separation. That let them live their life and I will live my life. And they know deep down that such separation is false. So they try so hard to maintain that separation. That no one should talk to her, no one should talk to her. We have our own camps. They give up. They say, no, we can't get along. So what we will do is we will set up our own separate camps. Hmm? It's not what these two adab are saying. And a person should feel bad if ever the shaykh doesn't hold them to these adab. He shouldn't feel special. You shouldn't feel happy. If ever a shaykh doesn't hold you to these adab, it means the shaykh doesn't think you're worthy of living up to this adab. The day your shaykh gives up on you and tells you, but okay, you go this way and you go that way, that's not the day to be happy. That's, that's a day of tragedy. You should never want that day to happen. Hmm? It means that shaykh said, I'm not even worthy of these two adab. I'm in, unable, incapable to do it. Too many times people misunderstand the way the Mashaikh operate. And they think that the Shaykh is validating their position and validating their behavior. Shaykh is not validating. He's managing. He's looking at a reality. That someone cannot reach this level. So they tell them, okay, if you can't live with Adab, then you should live separately. It's like the luck. What did Nabi Karim Sassam say about talaq? Abghaz al-mubahat. It's the most disliked and detested of all permissible acts in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa Absolute last resort. And even then when people do it, still it would have been Allah's wish that they had stayed in nikah. means they weren't qabil, they weren't like, they weren't good enough to stay together. That's what, that's what it means. People don't, even this word don't seem to make sense together. Abghaz and Mubahat. How can something that is permissible be detested? It's not even akras, it's not even from makru. Abghaz. That Allah Ta'ala has books for it. Allah Akbar. Allah Ta'ala has books for something. Allah Ta'ala detests something. But He's technically made it permissible. So sometimes the Mashaikh will also technically make it permissible that okay, you go your separate ways. But then you're in danger. Not that the Shaykh will have books for you. But in the same way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bughas for that, in the same sense, Shaykh will have bughas for this act of people who can't get along. So if a person follows these adab, then they're able to be harmonious with one another. And yes, another mistake people make is that, well, you know, so-and-so, she's even more senior than me, and even she and so-and-so even separated ways, so I might as well separate ways with this one. Or I've seen that Shaykh has kept A and B separate, so I'm I'm just following that pattern. They discover a model for themselves. 
why would you want to do that? You can be better than so-and-so. Even if you're younger, even if you're more junior in zikr and saluk, you could be better than them. You could overcome your nafs, you could overcome your bughas, you could follow these adab. It's in your, it's your choice. It's your choice. So it's very important to free one's heart of all ill will and all menace. Another thing is that a person has to be very ready to be forgiving. Very ready to be forgiving. And we, are, in order to do amal on this, you have to be extremely ready to forgive the, someone if they come to you mubtila, if they come to you completely fake. And we're the complete opposite. Sometimes we even know the person is genuinely sorry and we don't want to forgive them. We can actually see in them that they feel bad, they feel regret, but we, we don't want to forgive them. Sometimes so much that even people think like this, that oh, as long as I don't forgive them, I will get whatever hukuk I have over them because of whatever ghibat they did over me. And if I say those words, yes, I forgive you, then I'm going to lose all that. And that was the only thing I was getting happy about. Hmm. That they're doing ghibat of me on Umrah and doing ghibat of me on Hajj and I'm going to get so much sawab. Hmm? How can I give up that sawab? So no, Sayyidina Rasulullah is teaching. Right? That that's on a sawab that you want. Allah Ta'ala is great. Allah Ta'ala will give you more. You should never want something by depriving someone. Even though, yes, technically that is true in the Hadith that if you have hukuk over anyone and then on the Day of Judgment you will get some of the hasanat or you will be able to put sins on them, right? But that means you get something by depriving someone. Now that Allah Ta'ala has mentioned that it will happen on the Day of Judgment but Allah doesn't want anyone in this world to want to do that to someone else. As far as our own want, our own irada should be no. I'd rather forgive them. And if you forgive them, whatever hasanat would have been yours due to their ghibat of you, Allah Ta'ala won't take that away. It's not possible. Allah Ta'ala will give it to you without subtracting it from them. Yes, it may happen that somebody never even comes to you, mubtila. Maybe somebody you never even knew the ghibat of you and the day of judgment, you will end up receiving their hasanat. You would never have even known. You don't have a chance on earth to forgive them. Because either you never knew or they never asked you for it. Even some mashayik went this far, that they would make dua to Allah Ta'ala for those unknown Allah subhanahu wa I forgive any and everyone who has any and all hukuk over me. Allah Akbar. So we don't want it that way. We want it from Allah subhanahu wa They had hamdardi, they had compassion for their fellow believers. That we don't want to take anything at the detriment of our fellow believer. And then on top of that fellow salikin, right? What type of peer buyer, peer ban is that? That she wants hasanat at the expense of her, his or her fellow seeker. Hmm? That means in this very undercutting, competitive, cutthroat, cutthroat type of fellows on this path. And yes, unfortunately, we've seen examples of that. I think that's actually the best word I can say. Cutthroat. Cutthroat fellows within of one another. And so these adab are pointing in completely, completely the opposite direction. And especially that last hadith of Sayyidina Rasulullah Allahu Akbar. Now the Prophet could have said many things, right? And it shows you that this is something personal. Because Nabi Yaqizim didn't say that you will lose something from Allah Ta'ala, lose this, that. 
No, one of the few two things he has on the day of judgment, ikhtiyar, who he gives shifa to, and who, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he will mm, give water to from the house. These are his two personal ikhtiyar. So he personally, in this hadith, is saying, "This is not Allah subhanahu wa taala revealing to him this. This is one of those few hadith where Sayyidina Rasulullah is personally saying to the ummah." That any one of you who is not able to forgive someone who comes to you seeking forgiveness, irrespective of how sincere or not they are, personally, I don't want to see you at the house. Allah Akbar. Ajeeb. Ajeeb. That's how seriously Sayyidina Rasulullah takes it. So we should feel that and we should feel the power of the Prophet's words and we should learn to forgive one another once and for all. In absentia, in past, in present, in future, what we know, what we don't know, what has everything should be forgiven and forgotten, so that the person's heart is freed up to receive the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa A person's heart is freed up to feel the love and remembrance of Muhammad and zikr of Allah Subhanahu wa May Allah Taala enable us to do amal on all of these adab. May Allah Taala give us a place. At the hose by the side of Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa akhirat wa na'ana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.